Unique New York. Unique. Stop, dummy. We're live. New York. My name's Angelo, and welcome to We Want Picks. We are going to break down the entire UFC Vegas 36 Brunson versus Till card. It is myself and Jacob. Danny Boy will be joining us, I don't know, in a couple of fights. Who knows? Stay late at work. Who knows? I yeah. said, who knows? He'll be here. Okay, already with this? He'll be here in a couple of fights. I am sick. I have no air conditioning on my first floor, but the show goes on. We're going to walk through every single fight, who we think is going to win, what we think of the DraftKings line, the Monkey Knight fight line, and bets. If you are watching this live, hit the Monkey Knife fight lines tonight. They will change them in the morning. If we're going through this and we're heavy that, oh boy, this is a high line. Ooh, this is way too low. They will change these lines. They'll let you have tonight to make all your plays, but they will change them tomorrow morning. So do it now. We want picks.com slash MKF. Let's get this going. Let's do it, man. I'm excited to be here. Big week last week. Um, I don't get your comment, Jesse. Uh, oh, you're Lord Farquaad because of your stupid hat. Oh, anyway, watching Jacob has this stupid hat on because we crushed UFC Vegas 35. Jacob's betting is reckless, albeit a little reckless, but he is up like 35 units. Nothing's, I was reckless. Up- Nothing's reckless when you do the research, Angelo. Nothing's reckless when you okay. do the research. I put the I- research in and the results pay. And I had to get a little something, something, you know what I mean? I had to get okay. a little something. So he crushed his bets. Uh, I'm up on my bets from last week as well. So we had a really good week last week. Let's keep that ball rolling. First up at UFC Vegas 36, we have Jonathan Martinez versus the former lock of the week, Marcelo Rojo. Jonathan Martinez is 13-4. and four. He is 3-2 and two in his last five, coming off of a loss. Marcelo Rojo, 16-7, and seven, also 3-2 and two in his last five, also coming off of a loss. This should honestly is an interesting matchup. This fight is going to get that card going, and it's going to be a ton of fun. Jonathan Martinez is coming off of that really bad knockout to Davy Grant. I am okay with that because I was on the Davy Grant side. Jacob and Dan made fun of me because I did switch my pick, but I was on that side. Jonathan Martinez, a Muay Thai striker. He uses kicks really well to control range. Marcelo Rojo, as I mentioned, Jacob's former Lock of the week. He took a fight on short notice, almost pulled it off before he gassed and was TKO'd. But he comes forward with solid pressure in hands. He can grab it when he needs to, and his wrestling is effective. Jacob, I will let you do your pick and your breakdown since he's a former lock of the week. I thought you were going to say, I'm going to let you do whatever it is you do, like just expecting like a spectacle. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you, you mentioned Marcelo Rojo, former lock of the week. And honestly, that was an early stoppage to me. I think if that goes to the judges' scorecards, um, I think he wins that fight. But if you guys didn't know about Lock of the Week, it's been going on forever. We had a big week last week with Patrick Sabatini, um, or Patty Sabatini, and and we're going to continue that streak. And Marcelo Rojo was a former Lock of the Week. Actually, I won six of seven weeks in a row, and the one loss was Marcelo Rojo. So this could be a chance for him to redeem himself. But I think this is just a bad matchup uh, for Marcelo Rojo with uh, Jonathan Martinez. Listen, I, I know Rojo better than anyone. And the reasons I picked him at, as lock of the week on that short notice fight is because he's an absolute dog, man. He's not the most technical guy, um, but he is an absolute dog, and he will not go down easy. And this should be a very, very fun fight. 
unfortunately, like Angelo, you say a lot, there is levels to this game. And I think John Martinez is on that next level, even after that, that, that tough loss last time. He's on that next level where Marcel Rojo is kind of one of those mid-tier guys. That will win some exciting fights, but he just gets hit way too much. Um, and he's kind of chinny when he does get hit. He, he, he doesn't never really gets flatlined, but he's a little bit chinny. And against Mar Jonathan Martinez with his striking ability and the weird angles that he'll come at Morojo, um, I just don't love this matchup for Marcelo Rojo. So, and actually, Jonathan Martinez actually already called out Sean O'Malley uh, before this fight, saying he's going to beat Rojo. He wants Sean O'Malley. That'll be a crazy, crazy fight if it happens. I think it's probably going to happen because, you know, Jonathan Martinez is going to win this fight. Um, and I have him in my DraftKings lineup. Oh, wow. You're going way against your lock of the week. I mean, like you said, Mar Marcelo Rojo is tough as nails. He took that fight on short notice. He did really well. He grinded it out as much as he could before he couldn't. Um, I think this is actually a really close fight. Uh, I think Jonathan Martinez is probably the pick. He definitely is the more technical fighter. He has cleaner, better striking. He's not the dog that Rojo is, though. He doesn't have that same nasty, dirty grit. But he does have takedown defense, and I do think Marcelo Rojo will need to get this to the ground to win this fight, and I don't know if he'll get it there. He doesn't have the best wrestling. He does use it, but it's not fantastic. He's just so tough and gritty that he can force things. I don't think he's going to be able to force anything against Jonathan Martinez. So uh, I think Martinez is also the pick just because of his. he's just more technical. With that being said... I don't have him in my DraftKings lineup, but this week is so hard with DraftKings. There's only 10 fights. So there's only 20 fighters, and you put six in a lineup. I mean, basically, you will have a third of the fighters in your lineup. So um, monkey knife fight, this is a tough line because I do think this will be a war. I mean, Rojo was in a war on short notice so and, and, and up in weight. Now he's at his, his natural weight class, full camp. I think this will be a... Dirty war. 82 is high though, but I, I more and more is probably the play here. Uh I like less less, honestly, because you think he's uh, getting finished. I think I I just feel like John Martinez is gonna come out and really try to make a statement because he was kind of embarrassed because he was a huge, I think a big favorite. Um, I think I remember him in DraftKings at least being like $9,300 and, and got, absolutely, yeah, yeah, got absolutely flatlined. So I think he comes out, really tries to make a statement. And as, as much as I love Marcelo Rojo, he's my guy. We'll always be connected, you know, like 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 Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison or, or Reggie Miller and Mark Jackson, you know, me and Rojo always connected. But uh, I just don't love his chin in this matchup. Yeah, it'll be um, – it's a really good matchup. It's a really fun fight to open the card. I don't have any bets on this. I just think it's too – you know, Rojo's not a big enough underdog. Martinez should win. There's just too much going on. I, I don't have a bet here. Um, and honestly, a lot of these fights I'll probably start betting on later in the week. But uh, this should be an interesting one. It should be a fun one. Opening the card up really well. We're split on the Monkey Knife fight. We agree on draft or uh, on the pick. I don't have my DraftKing lineup. You do. But 8600 is not a ton of money if you're on that side. Next up at UFC Vegas 36, we have Mark Andre Barolt versus Dolce Lungambula. Dolce Lungambula, 11 and 2 overall. He is 4 and 1 in his last five, where Mark Andre is 12 and 4 overall and just 1 and 4 in his last five. Uh, what the hell was that? I, it was, I'm sick, so my brain is a little foggy. Four. And, and <laughs> I was going to say five and corrected it to four. 
So he's on a bit of a uh, bad skid there. So Dolce is short. Dolce is jacked. He comes forward with his insane power and pressure, but he can also grapple when he needs to. When you look at him, you do not think he'll be a grappler, right? You look at him and you're like, he's going to throw big, heavy bombs, and that's the end of it. But he can grapple as well. Mark Andre is pretty well-rounded. He has solid kickboxing, solid takedowns when he uses them. Uh, he's definitely the more rounded, well-rounded fighter. But anytime you are standing in front of somebody like Dalcha that possesses that kind of power, you need to be careful. And this is another really tough pick for me because, you know, when I do these breakdowns, I have my spreadsheet. I have all my notes and everything in here. And I have a question mark next to my pick. So my pick on my spreadsheet is Mark Andre. With that being said, he has looked pretty horrendous in the last two years. Dolce, on the other hand, has looked okay. He can grapple if he needs to. He has that power. It's just, it's this is a really tough, a really tough pick, especially who did he lose to? Ankolaev? Okay. Everybody loses to Ankolaev. So it's a it's a tough pick, man. I, what are your thoughts before I cement mine down? Well, you're kind of a know-it-all, so let me ask you this question. Uh -oh. um, if you had to pick any country in the world, who do who are the best judo practitioners? Would you say what? Yeah, what country in the entire world? Japan. No, and let me stop you right there because get the T-shirts ready. It's time for Congo Judo, and I'm talking about Dolce, and I'm just going to call him Champion from now on because that's his nickname because he is the lock of the week. Champion is our is our lock of the week. Listen, he's been doing judo. This is the thing that pe people really don't know because he is his power guy, right? He's been doing judo since he was eight years old. Was on the judo national team for Congo. That same year, he was also won a World Jiu-Jitsu Championship. So this guy is one of those people that can throw people to the ground, submit them, but also can just knock people's lights out. I mean, he's got that type of power. He's, he's a former heavyweight, came down to lightweight, and now uh, made his middleweight debut and, and looked great in his last fight. People question his cardio. The dude has two fights, two five-round win decision wins. So he went the full five rounds. That was a different weight class, but... If you listen to him um, talk about the cut to 185, in December, he had a fight get canceled, but it, it got canceled on fight night. So he was able to make that full that full weight cut, knew he could make it, so now it's no problem. He knows he can make it. It's off the back of his mind. He's also talked about his fight IQ. His coaches say that he's that he's one of the most raw talent uh, that they've ever seen, and he's still 11-2 and two, just putting people away. He's talked about after his last fight that he wants to fight smarter, fight, not just power all the time. I think he's really going to come out. <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, woo. Again, all right. up. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's going to come. I think he's going to come out and really use that judo. I actually think he's going to get it to the, the ground and use his jujitsu in this fight because he wants to fight intelligently because that's where he can absolutely dominate this fight. If he tries to strike with Bear Ute, he could run in some issues because he throws power shots and could get countered. I think he gets in, makes it dirty, uses judo, gets it to the ground. And I actually put some mission bets for Dolce champion in this fight. And it's like plus 3000 odds per round. So Dolce is a lock of the week. Let me see if I missed anything on my notes here. Uh, no. So get the t-shirts ready. Congo judo lock of the week champion. Yeah. I mean, it, listen, it's a good pick. That's why I have question marks next to, I, 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 in my notes, I picked Mark Andre, but I have a question mark next to it. Cause at the end of the day, you're right. And the judo thing, I, I mean, I mentioned he has good grappling and he's very capable. The problem is, and I don't want to say it's low fight IQ, but he doesn't use it. It's very similar to Razak Al-Hassan, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, who we just broke down last week. 
right? Very similar. Judo background, fell in love with his hands and loses fights because he fell in love well, with that, his hands. I, well, that's that's why that's why I loved when I found that interview of him talking about after his last fight because his last fight he wasn't much more patient. He won. I think it was just a decision win where he just outstruck the guy. He he talks about just wanting to fight smarter. I I, I don't want to be the power guy. I want to fight smarter, and I think he's really going to focus and go back to what he knows the best, and, and that's get in there, make it dirty, toss him around, and then uh, look for submissions. Yeah, I mean, if if he actually does that, then he absolutely should win. And it's funny because. When you rattle off his credentials, obviously we've seen the power. We, you know, we, we know he's very good at judo. We know he's very good at jujitsu. You rattle that off, and it's like, well, this guy is great at everything. But in the fight, he doesn't use two of the three tools. Not yet. Mark Mark Andre is also good at those same things, but does use all of those tools. So Dolce's probably the better fighter. Maybe everywhere he's not as technical on the and, field. and Barry Ute's never been never been finished too, so it's gonna be a t- yeah. it's gonna be a tough finish for for Champ. But uh, he, I mean, he's gonna get it done because that's what it, Lock of the Week does. So. It's an interesting fight. I'll, I'll let you have the lock. I'll stick with my pick, Mark Andre. It's not a confident pick, and it's essentially I just think he, he uses all of the tools in his bag. Where Dolce falls in the trap sometimes, where he does not use all the tools in his bag. Why don't you give us your monkey knife fight line while I sneeze? Uh, I would say again, you know, I don't, I hate to go back to back cause I hate chasing finishes, but actually when I was looking at odds for a lot of these fights, there's a lot of them that are expected to be inside the distance. I was looking at a lot of inside the distance bets and a lot of them are inside the distance. And I think this is honestly going to be one of them. Um, I could see Dolce, you know, champion really kind of dragging this out with his judo and stuff, but I think he's going to land a big shot and, and give Barry Ute his, uh, his first uh, TKO loss. So I like the less You're part. going under, yeah, less, less. Yeah, because even even Champion isn't a, a high-volume guy, and I, I don't see, yeah. you know, I think Barry Ute's kind of going to respect the power as well. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know if there's a stoppage here, but I do agree with the less, less. Ne- neither guy is going to come out guns blazing. Like, uh, you know, Dolce does come forward. But he doesn't come forward with power. He just sort of, or sorry, with volume, he just sort of plots forward. And that dude, and when he comes forward, it's like, it's almost like he's Superman punching both times. And he's kind of calmed that down. But earlier in his career, it literally is like a double Superman punch just coming in with a one, two. Yeah. It's terrifying. I'm looking at the rounds. I mean, the round odds over two and a half is minus 105. Under two and a half is minus 125. So the odds makers don't know what's going to happen. So they just made it. <laughs> right. They made it so you can't win money in either on either side. Um, so it's interesting. So we we'll, we'll do the less less a monkey knife fight. You're picking Dalcha. I'm picking Mark Andre. Just but like barely. Congo you're confident you're Dalcha judo. There. That's the new T-shirt after Saturday. Congo judo. Well, we had Arkansas wrestling. So we'll see, man. Uh, you know, Dalcha may end up in my lineup. Honestly, we'll see what the, the, the freaking twenty fighters on a card is so hard for DraftKings, And he's like a uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. I, my pick was against him, but I put him in my lineup for the upside of the big time points. And that I might actually do that same thing here. Next up at UFC Vegas 36, we have Charles Jordan versus Julia. Sorry, Julian Irosa. Charles Jordan, 11, three and one overall. He is two, two and one. In his last five, Julian Rosa, 25 and nine. He is three and two in his last five coming off of a pretty bad loss to Sang Wu Choi. 
this is a yeah. You know, honestly, a lot of these fights are pretty good. The only thing that sucks is this fight card is in. It's basically in the morning, super early. It was supposed to be in England. They rescheduled it, so we don't get the normal Saturday night have some drinks and watch. And this should be a good one to watch. So Jonathan Martinez, he's coming off that bad. Or sorry, Jonathan Martinez, looking at the wrong notes. Woo. My God, Charles Jordan. He's a striker. He's willing to trade. He. Um, he's willing to trade close and he makes it dirty. This is at a catch weight because Charles Jordan's original opponent dropped. So Julian Erosa is taking this on short notice. So they're at 150 instead of the traditional 145. That tells me a few things. I mean, Julian Erosa could not have been in camp if he asked for the catch weight. Plenty of people take fights on short notice and don't need the weight. The fact that he asked for the weight, I mean, the fact that he got it is surprising to me, honestly. The fact that he asked for the weight tells me he's pretty heavy. He may not be in a camp, and that's not great. Uh, Erosa is a striker. He likes to fight at range, but he doesn't have the problem getting sucked into a firefight. So, again, Erosa does better when he's at range, but he will get sucked into a pocket fight where Charles Jordan likes to fight in the pocket, likes to make it dirty. So I think Charles Jordan sucks a potentially exhausted Julian Erosa into a pocket firefight and puts him away. I mean, Charles Jordan's the pick here, especially when you factor in the short notice, which isn't always an issue, but you couple the short notice with the catch weight. He needed five pounds. Surprising to me. What are your thoughts, Jake? Yeah, I owe a, first of all, and a quick apology to Charles Jordan. We mentioned the Marcelo Rojo fight. This is who he fought was Charles Jordan. And um, I actually just didn't think Charles Jordan was that tough. I don't know if it was just because he's a Canadian and they have, the, you know, that that stereotype of being like nice guys. But there was a, a moment in that fight. I can't remember if it was, at, if it was after the second round. Um, he, but he told his corner, I'm finishing this dude. Like he just straight up was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put this guy away now. And the confidence and the look in his eye was like one of he was like, looks like a, just an assassin, like a killer, man. He's just like, those guys are just born to fight. So I, I owe an apology to Charles Jordan. Um, I think both of these guys, even though they have pretty good records, are honestly better than the records. I think either one of these guys can beat anyone in the division at any time. Will they, will they? Both go up and try to compete for championships. I don't know, but I think they have the talent level to do that. Charles Jordan has a mentality to do that on top of his striking abilities. I think Julian Rosa, to win this fight, is going to have to get this to the ground. If he, if he tries to strike with Charles, Charles Jordan, um, he's going to run into some issues. He's going to get pieced up. He needs to get this fight to the ground. I don't see any world where he really can get to the ground. Obviously, there's, there's an opportunity. Um, I kind of wish that this wasn't short notice because otherwise I think this probably would have been like fight of the night candidate because both these guys are very, very skilled pretty much everywhere. Uh, but I love George, Charles Rosane's mentality. I love his striking abilities in this matchup. And I think he um, gets it done. He's actually uh, in my lineup as well. So the first three yeah. fights, I have uh, three fighters in my lineup. And I like Charles Rosane, man. He's, he's, he's The only thing I have written in my notes right now is not a joke. This dude is not a joke. Not a joke. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I was pretty high on Julian Arosa last outing. Um, that didn't work out for me. But uh, I do think Julian Arosa is a talented dude. Uh, but short notice and needing the weight. Listen, I've, I've, you guys have heard me say this a bunch of times. I've managed fighters for 15 years. Anytime we needed weight, it's because the fighter was not training and not ready. We just had Parker Porter on our show. I managed Parker for many years. He talked about when he took the Chris Dawkins fight, he immediately just had to go into weight cut mode immediately. And granted, he's a heavyweight, so there is no, you know, you're not going to do super heavyweight. But 
the point is he didn't ask for weight. He didn't try to get weight. He didn't turn it down. He just immediately started sucking weight. So I have to imagine Julian Rosa is also immediately starting sucking weight, but knows there's just way too much and asking for the five pounds. So five pounds is a lot. The fact that the UFC gave it to him is interesting. That They probably had a really hard time finding anybody else here. But, um, you know, it should be – it honestly should be a fun fight. Both these guys are enjoyable strikers. Uh, I agree with you. Julian would need to get it to the ground to win, and I don't think he's going to be able to do that, especially the amount of energy it's going to take. And, again, short notice, I don't, I don't put too much stock into it, but needing the weight on short notice tells me some stuff is going on here. So – uh, I agree. Charles Jardine's the pick. Jacob has his drafting lineup. Uh, I have him in mind as well because of the short notice. I do think the odds are a little wide. Minus 190 is a bit much. Uh, but you might want to do the under on rounds. And if you want to do that bet, go to wewantpicks.com slash bets. They are doing a $1,000 match at wewantpicks.com slash bets, which is bet online. A $1,000 match is to sort of celebrate the start of football season. So if you deposit 100 They'll give you 100 You deposit $1,000. They will give you $1,000. You agree, disagree, like our picks, hate our picks, doesn't matter. Go get the free money. You have to click through the link at weonpicks.com slash bets. What do you think of this monkey knife fight line? Uh, I play the more and more here, even though even though I think Charles dominates. He's not really a, a power puncher guy. It's more just kind of just wear on you with volume and, um, and eventually kind of beat you down. So I, I actually like the more and more a lot on this one. Yeah, the more and more is probably solid. I, I agree. It's funny because I agree with the more and more, and I agree with the under the two and a half bet. Like, I don't think it'll go the distance, but it will be busy before it gets there for sure. And it could go the distance. I mean, Julian's tough. I just, I mean, needing the weight is a is a big deal. But more and more is is uh, definitely the monkey knife I play. Again, hit these lines before they move. Chris, if you watch our shows, Chris sets these lines, he watches the show, and he moves the lines. So he moves them in the morning. You have tonight to do it. So weonpicks.com slash MKF. Next up, at UFC Vegas 36, we have Jack Shore versus Ludovic Sholinian. I'm sorry about that, guys. I legit tried to do that. Sholinian. I, 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 I don't know where that G came from. <laughs> I, legit, I legit tried to do that. So. This is a very interesting fight. The odds for this are insane. Minus 500 to plus 375. That's insane. Jack Shore, undefeated, 14-0, sick, sick grappler. Ludovic, 9-1-1, 4-1 in his last five, coming off the most recent season of the Ultimate Fighter, so the one that just ended. This is an interesting matchup. I completely disagree with these odds. These odds are absurd to me. So Jack Shore is a very good wrestler with just nonstop forward pressure, looking for the takedown so he can get it to the ground and work his jujitsu magic. Um, his wrestling and striking are similar in that he's just constantly coming forward. He's always looking for the takedown. He's always throwing uh, in his strikes with that forward pressure. He has surprisingly fast kicks. Uh, we haven't really seen him defend too many takedowns. There are not too many people that tried to take him down or bring the wrestling and grappling to him. Ludovic may be that guy. So he's coming off the most recent season of the Ultimate Fighter, which just finaled last weekend. He is taking this on short notice, which is not great. Um, but he is also a very good grappler. He comes forward with his wrestling as well. He's always looking for a takedown as well. 
His striking is just okay. And he was pretty much exposed in the semifinals because of that. But he is strong. He is big. He is a big dude for this weight class. And he can be hard to bully. So Jack Shore coming in here trying to bully Ludovic down and take him down could be a tall task. I don't think I'm going to go as far and, and say that Ludovic is the pick, but I will say that these odds are way too wide when you have a good, good grappler like Ludovic who is as big as he is. Granted, it's short notice, and Jack Shore is 14-0, and that could be the beginning. You know, he could be Khabib, right? He could be 39-0. I have no idea, but what do you think here? Yeah, I think hey, – listen, I have a, a bet on Ludovic, and it is a plus 900 TKO win, and I'll tell you why. Jack Shore should win this fight. But Ludovic was on the Ukrainian national wrestling team. He's talking about that's all, that's his base. It's wrestle, 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 wrestle. He said if he ever gets in a pinch, he just wants to wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. And when you watch Jack Shore, obviously he's a good grappler, very good jujitsu. When he's in scrambles a lot, instead of working out of scrambles to get better position, like to get, you know, to work back on top if, he, if they're rolling around, a lot of times he just pulls guard. So instead of working for position to to get a bet, to get back to half hour to you know he'll just pull guard, and I think if he does that against Ludovic, there's a there, there's a chance where Ludovic really postures up and ends this fight, which is why I took the plus nine hundred TKO bet. Um, if Jack Schwartz just tries to sit in guard versus this guy, he could run into some real issues. Um, he should he should win the fight. Um, but I agree with you that that, that minus five hundred. I, I would stay away from that. I, I stayed away completely in DraftKings even on Jack Shore. Um, I just don't love the fact that he he just is so willing to pull guard against somebody that can control. I I, I think whoever wins the scrambles is going to win the fight. There's going to be scrambles because they're both grapplers. If, if Ludovic can win the scrambles and be in, in Jack Shore's guard and make him pay, he can win this fight. He can really win this fight and even end it early. So um, I think Jack Shore is the pick, but nah, it's, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's funny because I'm, I'm looking at the odds here and – Jack Shore, massive favorite. It's actually even moved since this morning. He's now minus 515, but the round line is basically even. So they're they're saying Jack Shore is going to murder this dude, but in a decision is what they're saying. They have no idea if it's going to be a stoppage or not because it's minus 110 for the under, minus 110 for the over. So they don't know what to do with the line, which is interesting to me. So if you're confident that you know Ludovic's gonna gonna pound out Jack Shore, go ahead and grab that. Grab the under. If you're if you're confident that Jack Shore is going to murder Ludovic, don't even mess with the money line. F minus 500 is stupid. Grab the under on rounds or the over. If you think he's you'll get better odds with the, I mean they messed up these odds because you'll get better odds with Jack Shore with with the over which is two and a half um, so Jack Shore, yeah, you'll get better odds with the over than you will. These odds are all over the place are out of control. Sorry, I'm like reading them and looking at this. Bet the line odds. The line odds are solid. If you think this is a murder, bet the odds on the line. What are your monkey knife fight thoughts? Do you said you threw a wild bet at Ludovic by TKO, but are you gonna do the line that way? Uh, you talking about monkey knife fight? Yes. Uh, probably less, less because yeah, probably less, less. Cause it's either going to be no way that Ludovic is going to win. It's going to be just kind of ground and pound. I think that would end early. And I think Jack Shore just goes for a quick submission. He's not really a, a ground and pound type of guy. So probably less, less. 
I agree. Less less is probably the play, unless this is like some old school matchup where you get two grapplers and they have a sloppy slugfest. But I would not bank on that. So I agree. Uh, less less is the monkey knife fight play. You can almost triple your money at weonpicks.com slash MKF. Next up at UFC Vegas 36, we have Ji Yon Kim versus Molly McCann. Kim is 9, 3, and 2, which is it's always so bizarre to me when somebody has that many draws on their record. Nine, I mean, she's only got 12 fights, 13 fights, 14 fights. <laughs> she's got 14 fights and two of them are draws. That that's that's well beyond average. Anyway, 9-3 and 2 overall. She is 3 and 2 in her last five, coming off of a decision loss to Alexa Grassa. Then we have Molly McCann, 10 and 4 overall, 3 and 2 in her last five, coming off of two losses in a row. Kim is a striker who likes to fight at range. These are two strikers in general. We have striker versus striker, but they are very different styles. Kim likes to fight at range, and she has an incredible reach advantage. You guys know me, you watch these breakdowns. I don't care about what tapology says. I don't care about height, reach. None of that usually matters to me. But this is almost a foot reach advantage that she has. And she uses her reach well and likes to fight at range. So that will be an advantage for her. Uh, Molly McCann is an aggressive striker. She doesn't kick much. But when she does, she does it well. She likes to fight really dirty, make it an ugly fight, grind herself forward. I think this, before we do a pick, I think the strike line is pretty high. I think it's less, less on the strike line for sure. But I do think these girls just sort of go at it, push each other around. If Kim keeps Molly McCann at the end of her punches, which is her goal, she will outpoint her, but I don't think she'll 85 and a half outpoint her. Molly McCann, if she can get in there, make it dirty, bully her to her ground, beat her up in the pocket, she's not going to get past 96, but I think she wins that as well. So I think, uh, you know, I think Molly McCann is going to win this fight. She's going to push forward, look for those takedowns, try to make something happen. So I have Molly McCann winning this fight. I don't think they get anywhere near this strike line. This is one that I'm going to tell you right now, play the less, less before he moves it because I'm pretty confident in this line. Jacob, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I have a bet that I've never placed before, um, and it's because both of these girls, neither one of them have ever been uh, TKO'd or KO'd, and I like Kim in this matchup, so I actually uh, took Kim by points to get her at plus 160 um, because I think she wins, so instead of betting the money line at minus 115, I think she wins and wins a decision, so I, put her, I got her at 160. Listen, the thing that turned me off on Molly McCann was her last fight against uh, Laura Procopio, after she lost the week after she was like on a press conference, she was like, oh, all she did was lay on me. I just want to, I just want to fight people that fight. I don't want to fight grapplers. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like you're one of those people. It's like, I only lost because they won. Like, that's like the Conor McGregor gets, all she did was lay on me. It's like, you lost the fight. You got the, I mean, you got dominated that fight. So uh, that just completely turned me off. I, I love, I love Kim in this matchup. She is like sneaky good, man. Cause when she fights, it's, it's almost like she's kind of flat footed. And she kind of stands up straight, but when she throws strikes, man, they are on the button. They are precise, and they are pretty. They're pretty, pretty hard. So, yeah, I like Kim in this matchup to really outstrike Molly, pretty much like two to one. 
And honestly, if if I'm Kim and this goes to the ground, um, I think somebody in the chat says she's not very good on the ground. I think she's she's a purple belt. She's more than capable on the ground. And if Molly doesn't want to fight on the ground, maybe that's where you take it. You know, if you're, but I, I like her to use her range. I like her striking abilities. I like her in this matchup. I, I don't have her in my lineup um, because I don't think there's going to be a, a ton of points there because it's going to be a decision either way. Um, so, but I, I like him in this matchup. Yeah. So I uh, I'm picking Molly McCann just because of the forward pressure. Uh, she fights in the pocket and grapples. So Molly McCann is either going to get really beat up from the outside, or if she can get in, she'll do whatever she wants. She will beat up Kim inside the pocket, and she'll take Kim down inside the pocket. I don't know if she gets there. I do. I think she does, but that's the beauty of the fights. These odds are pretty much even. What I will tell you, your betting strategy-wise, if you like Kim, so Jacob likes Kim, I agree this fight will go to a decision. If you like Kim, Kim by decision is solid plus money. Molly McCann by decision is solid plus money. The round lines are insane. Minus 400 to go over two and a half. So don't touch the rounds. Pick whoever you want by decision. Did you tell me your monkey knife fight pick? Uh, I'd probably go with... um... Honestly, you, I think everyone loves less, less on this, but I think I might play more and more. I think it's just standing. I think they stand and bang, and they're going to bang for three rounds because neither one of them has put away power. So I could see this going more and more. It could. And if you watch any of our – we do a segment called Line Setting with Chris Riley. Chris is the guy who actually sets these lines, and he talks through his math. So when uh, when we do that tomorrow, I'll, I'll ask him about this one specifically, but he basically – breaks down the average fight time or how long it's expected to go strikes per minute minutes per fight. And, and that's how he gets to these lines. With that being said, I do think you know mentioned Kim as a purple belt. I do think there's a solid differential between their sort of grappling capabilities. And I think Molly McCann will exploit that. Next up at UFC Vegas 36, we have the debut of Patty Pimblett. Patty the Patty. Sorry. Versus the veteran Luigi Vendramini. Luigi Vendramini, nine and two in his career, three and two in his last five, coming off of a loss to Farazim. Patty Pimblett, 16 and three overall, three and two in his last five making his UFC debut. This dude was a pretty highly touted uh, prospect, a regional guy that that people have been talking about for a little while. And the only reason I know that is his name is like, you know, how, how many patties? Patty the Patty. How many patties do you hear about? So when you hear it, you remember it. And just so everyone knows, for St. Patty's Day, it's not P-A-T-T-Y. It's Patty, Patty's Day. Thank you. Okay, yeah, thanks for that. I, I'm sick dragging myself to do this, and this because is- it's after it's St. Patrick. You don't you don't name Patrick Patty. Is if you want to go as short, and this guy's probably name is Patrick. That's it. Patty is P A D D Y. Okay, Patty Pimblet. He's a hot hot prospect, and he, this is his UFC debut, and he is the odds-on favorite. Patty Pimblet is a hot prospect, uh, and he had a pretty successful run in the regional scene. He's got a good amount of experience. I mean, 16 and three. He's had 19 fights on the regional scene before making his UFC debut. And that, folks, is how you do it. That is exactly what you're supposed to do. Five and oh, six and oh, and then jumping into the UFC. That is not how you do it. 
He did exactly what he's supposed to do. And we have seen him in five round fights. We've seen him win decisions. We've seen him knock people out. So maybe we've seen him do everything, which is why he is the favorite. If he was six and oh, he may not be. Uh, he's a very good grappler, very smooth grappling. Uh, he's capable in his striking offense, right? He's got decent striking offense, but he is a hittable dude, but his grappling is smooth and he flows well. Luigi Vendramini is crazy tough. He's okay everywhere. His striking isn't great, but he does come forward and he wings big, heavy shots. And he's a tough guy, always looking for a finish. His grappling is definitely better than his striking. It is not very high level, but it is, you know, he's competent. Uh, his toughness and UFC, UFC experience may be the issue here. I mean, here's the most simple breakdown I can give you. If Patty Pimblatt is not overwhelmed Patty by the, the Patty. If he's not overwhelmed by the moment, he's definitely the pick. But UFC debut, a lot going on. You know, anytime you got a veteran as tough as Luigi, and he's not old, it's not like he's a 40-year-old veteran. I mean, he's younger than Patty Pimblett, and he's still a UFC veteran, tons of fights, good experience. What are your thoughts here? I mean, Patty's the pick, but if Luigi comes out there and just Big brother veteran bullies him. That wouldn't surprise me. What are your thoughts? Listen, I'm 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 absolutely sold on the hype. And I, I wish that this card, this card originally, the reason why there's so many English people on this card was supposed to be, I think, in London originally, um, before I think COVID got bad again. They had to bring it back to the United States. But I wish that this I wish that even if it was only this fight broadcasted from some arena in England, so the English fans could root for this guy because they absolutely love this guy and he is insane. And when I actually knew about him, I thought he was a knockout artist. I thought he was just knocking everyone out because that's kind of the highlights you see. And then you see this dude grapple. And it's like, holy cow, the way he gets takedowns. Like you said, his movement in and out, slide through his knee, mount, boom, and then go work for submission. This dude is Ryan Hall on the ground on top of it. It's unreal how good this guy is. I think this comes down to, and first of all, Luigi, his nickname is the Italian Stallion, and he's from Brazil, and he has a Swiss passport. It's the wildest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I think he's a dual citizen between uh, Italy and uh, and Switzerland, but it just it, I just thought that was kind of funny. But uh, I think this is going to come down to will Luigi not get submitted, right? Because he's a black belt in his own right. I think Patty's probably going to get the takedowns. I think he's probably going to dominate on the ground. Can Luigi survive, right? So I think that's what it comes down to. Patty should dominate this fight. You mentioned the, the UFC nerves. It actually might help that this is still at the apex, because I think maybe with all, if it was a big crowd fight that he could get too hyped up, come in for the power shot, get caught with a counter. I kind of like him in this apex setting to be able to kind of calm down, be himself, go with the grappling and uh, work for that submission win. Maybe he gets it, maybe he doesn't. But um, I think everyone thinks he probably will because he's it's minus 160 on does not go the distance. No. Um, and then Patty by submission is only plus 375 in this matchup. So that's pretty low odds for uh, a submission victory. So I like Patty in this matchup. He's in my DraftKings lineup, and uh, I'll probably find a way to place a bet on him, honestly. Oh, you're muted. Sorry. I'm sick. Go. I keep muting to cough and sneeze. So uh, I said I was looking at the odds, and there's a couple of good spots if you like – uh, either one of these guys. There are a couple of good spots that are safer plays to make a, a bit of money. Uh, the round line is plus money for the over if you think it goes to decision. And even the under is just small minus money. So there's definitely some opportunities there. We want picks.com slash bet. 
They are promo matching up to $1,000. You deposit $100, you get $100. You deposit $1,000, they will give you $1,000 to bet with. Patty, uh, I agree, is my pick. I do think Luigi's toughness will get this going and keep this going for a little while. So I like the more and more as well. Um, you know, 59 is a little high. But uh, I do think the more and more is the monkey knife fight line. I think that's the way to go. Uh, I have Patty in my uh, DraftKings lineup. $8,300. I think that's decent value for a dude as highly touted as he is. And, and as you mentioned, fighting with a very small crowd, not in England, may help him shake any. And I don't know if he would even have UFC jitters, but it may help him He's shake. a pretty confident guy. Yeah, he might and, be one of the only more, more people that's uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say that's more confident than me. I kind of just lost my words there, but uh, anyway, go ahead. Yeah, well, and you both have red hair, so he may be able to uh, avoid any of the uh, UFC jitters in a sort of smaller cage, smaller venue, not a giant crowd, and not at home. Patty's the pick, I like them more and more. We like him in our DraftKings lineup, definitely some bet opportunities, but I think this is a line that will end up moving. So if you like it. And Chris is in our chat watching these videos now. Hit this line before he moves it in the morning. Next up at UFC Vegas 36, we have Modestus Bukaskis versus Khalil Roundtree. Khalil Roundtree, eight and five in his career, only two and three in his last five, coming off of a couple of losses. Modestus, 11 and four overall, three and two in his last five. Also, Coming off of two losses, Danny Boy is with oh, us. Oh, how are we doing? Clap it up in the chat, everyone. What's Look who it is. If you guys didn't know, if you guys didn't know this, I thought I was here 15 minutes earlier. What's going on? His yeah, name okay. is Dan, and he's part of this channel. <laughs> so I'm going to redo that intro so that when we splice up this video of you just don't pop in out of nowhere. Like Kramer. And, then we'll, and yeah. then we'll jump right into it. So next up at UFC Vegas 36, we have Modestus Bukakis versus Khalil Roundtree. Modestus Bukakis, 11-4 overall, 3-2 and two in his last five, coming off of two losses. Khalil Roundtree, 8-5 and five overall, only 2-3 and three in his last five, also coming off of two losses. Khalil Roundtree, if you remember our breakdown last time, so this is kickboxer versus kickboxer. Last time, we were all excited. Khalil Roundtree moved to Thailand. Khalil Roundtree. Not, not everyone. Changed his whole life for Thailand and kickboxing and Muay Thai. And then he just came out there, complete dud, did not look like the killer that moved to Thailand to tune up his striking. Uh, he does have a ton of power. He is very, very fast. Um he came out flat in his last fight against Prochniow, as I mentioned, after I was all excited that the dude moved to Thailand. Uh, but he can knock anyone out on any day as long as he's the one dictating the pace and the pressure. He does not fight well off his back foot. Um, this is a fight where I actually think he can push the pace because Modestus has gotten comfortable backing up in the past. The biggest issue here is Khalil is absolutely miserable on the ground. This dude has the same ground skills as Jacob. You get him to the ground, just an absolute cat on his back, has no idea what to do. Modestus Bukaskis, he's a versatile striker. 
He's dangerous on his feet. He tends to react instead of pushing the pace, and that's what I mentioned before. He gets comfortable backing up instead of just coming forward and dictating what happens. Um, he has gotten into some trouble recently doing that, but he does have all the tools. I mean, he's a very well-rounded guy. Um, I think Khalil has more power. If this was kickboxing only, Khalil would be the more dangerous one, but I think Medeskis would be the more technical one. Uh, Khalil also has a very good chin. I'm leaning towards Khalil, but his absolute lack of ground game gives Medeskis a very clear path to victory. And if he starts to lose the striking exchanges, I think Medeskis will just take this to the ground, and then that's it. And then he wins the fight. Very, very clear path. It will start on their feet. Both of them are strikers. If Medeskis is doing what he is supposed to do, he'll win the striking exchanges. If he ends up on the wrong side of some of those exchanges, I imagine he'll take Khalil down, putting Khalil in some trouble. I don't know whether I should go to you first or not, Dan. Whatever you, you want to do, you're the boss. Yeah, do you, you want to apologize to the people, or what's going on? What's going what? Jacob, what do you? Is that a tinfoil? Um, is that tinfoil? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you realized, Dan. Uh, while you were gone, I hit. I was like up like plus twenty seven units this past week on bet. So I drink Fiji water now. I got the chain. You know, that's what I do. I did no, see Dan, the move time. closer to your microphone, my man. Oh, dude, the Yeti you talked me into buying. Why it's not picking me up? Yeah, you can't uh -huh. sit 11 feet away from it. It's still a microphone. Jesus. Yeti. Next time right. I'll get – what's the range? Am I good here? Is this better? That's like much this. better. That actually is solid. solid. Great Why don't you give us our breakdown? Uh, I mean, you covered a lot of it. I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, Khalil Roundtree is – at this point, to me, he's unreliable. Like you said, what you know, I was all about him last fight. I was shocked when he lost that fight. I think we all bet on him and had him in DraftKings. Um, he's had some fights where he looked awesome. He looked great against Eric Anders. He dropped him like four times in you know one round. Um, I was surprised Anders even survived that fight. He looked like a killer in that fight. And then he comes out in other fights where you know, like you said, against Kutalaba, got taken down so easily. Didn't know what to do. And then his last fight, he just looked like, you know, he, he was there to not to win a fight. So I don't know what we're going to see out, see out of him. Um, Bukowskis, by the, you know, on the other hand, um, he, he's pretty good. He's a good striker, um, which actually probably favors Roundtree. I think Roundtree is the, the better striker of the two. I just don't know if Bukowskis – is going to try to take it to the ground. He hasn't really shown that he likes to do that in a lot of fights. So if it's a pure stand-up fight, I mean, I'll take plus odds on Khalil Roundtree and just hope that he shows up. Um, what are you What are you doing back Dude, there? He's wearing a short sleeve hoodie, a tinfoil necklace, and petting his dog. I mean, this is this is. This is just... Why are you staring so creepily over here? It's and why are you? Wearing well, I'm listening, man. I'm just I'm just listening. Jesus, Dan, come on, get it together, man. Why does Jacob's microphone work from uh, 11 feet away? What does he have, the Yeti Plus? It's not. You can see it in the camera shot. It's right in front of his face. Not when he was petting his dog. I heard him crystal clear. Okay. All right. What a disaster. So, what my dog was 11 feet away? I can't use this yet. I'm returning it. I'm going back to the uh, pilot headset. Uh, this is your captain speaking. <laughs> um, so, anyways, yeah, this is uh, – I mean, part of me feels like Khalil Roundtree might show up this fight. And with Bukowskis being primarily a striker, I think that gives him a bit of an edge. But 
man, he's been so unreliable. So I will reluctantly pick Khalil Roundtree just because he's plus odds in what to me is kind of like, I don't know, 50-50 fight. Depends who shows up. So um, not I haven't been overly impressed uh, w- with either guy, really. Um, but I will say if Khalil Roundtree shows up and strikes like he fought against Eric Anders, guy could look like a killer. So. Yeah, and if and if Modestus decides to wrestle at all, that's the end of that. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely an interesting matchup. What I am very confident in, though, is the line. the The round line is one and a half, and you know I love the overs on those. I mean, I think we're good with an over on the one and a half line. I don't think Khalil Roundtree is just going to take take uh, Modestus' head off. He hasn't done that in how long? And well, if anything, Bukowskis engages him, which I think in a lot of his fights he tends to play the distance and, and not really over engage. So, yeah, it's not a bad bet. Yeah, I mean, the, the round line is uh, over one and a half, everybody's on it, is minus 135. So it moved a little bit, but even at minus 135, I mean, I'll, I'll over one and a half, seven and a half minutes. So anyway, uh, I like that. My pick is Bukaskis, as I mentioned, just because he has he can. There is an avenue to win, no matter what, if he wants to grapple. Jakey boy, what are your thoughts? Listen, there's some people that are are born fighters. I think Dan is a born fighter. I'm a born fighter, and there's some people that just kind of pick it up and they enjoy it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But unfortunately, I think Khalil Roundtree is one of those guys. I don't. You don't see someone even put in the chat. You don't really see that killer instinct out of him a lot of times. He didn't start MMA until he was after twenty. It was something that he enjoyed doing, and then he found out he's pretty good at it. So in those fights, you see those absences of of aggression because I just don't think it's something that he was just like born to do. I think he's very good at it, and I think if he, if he would have started a lot younger, he could have been really really good at it. But I just worry about whether he's going to show up, whether he has that killer instinct. Honestly, I don't think Modestus is anything special either. Um, I, I, I'm going to pick him in this fight because I think he's just a little bit more technical and uh, a little bit you know, tougher, if you will, even though both these guys are tough. Um, they could probably handle me. I think you know, I can get out of a round. But um, I like Modestus in this, in this matchup just because I just don't trust Khalil at this point. Yeah, and uh, that, that's the safer play. D- Dan's making picks based off of bets, which I get it. But, um, you know, chasing that plus money. What do you guys like of the monkey knife fight line? I, I, it's a hard line because I, I think it's more and more. Because Khalil does pass, possess crazy power. But, I mean, you know, his last fight, he landed way more than 32 and didn't put anybody away. His last couple fights. So what are your, what are your thoughts on the monkey knife fight line, Jacob? Oh, uh, yeah, probably more and more. Yeah. And uh, same logic as the over round and a half, you know. Yep, I agree. Yep, more and more is probably pretty solid. We on picks.com slash MKF promo code WWP. They will instantly match your deposit. And if you want to bet the over on rounds, which this is one of my more confident bets on the card, we on picks.com slash bets. They are doing a one thousand dollar deposit match to sort of celebrate football season. So it's only for another week and then it's gone. You deposit 100, they give you 100. You deposit 1,000, they give you 1,000. We on picks.com slash bets. Just click the link and you're off to the race with your free money. By the way, I was sounding down on uh, Roundtree there. I think I may put him in my DraftKings lineup, though, for 7,700 bucks. 
with the upside. Well, we'll talk about that in the DraftKings lineup. Okay. Just throwing it in there. Next up at UFC Vegas 36, we have Alex Morono versus David Zawada. Alex Morono, 19 and 7, alternating wins and losses in his last five to go three and two. David Zawada is 17 and 6 overall, only two and three in his last five, coming off of a loss. And this is a really close matchup. I disagree with these odds. I mean, the odds aren't insane, but. I think this is much more even than a two-to-one favorite. Alex Morono uh, is coming off of that that beating he put on Donald Cerrone, which two years ago would have meant a lot. But now I don't know how much that means. I mean, Donald Cerrone hasn't won a fight in years. So Alex Morono, uh, he's interesting because if you watch his tape and you do the breakdowns, he is fantastic. He has very clean striking, solid grappling. He's always in the right place. Uh and he worked Donald Cerrone on short notice, very short notice. He absolutely worked Donald Cerrone. But then we just see him completely get outclassed. So when he's on, he can beat almost anybody. Uh, I think there's some recency bias in these odds because of how he beat Donald Cerrone and, and how he did it on short notice. Um, with that being said, if he can keep this a clinch-style boxing fight, keep it close, keep it dirty, Box on the inside. I think he can win. But I do think these odds are wide. David Zawada, very well-rounded fighter. He has solid leg kicks. His boxing is okay, and his grappling is effective. Uh, he's never out of a fight, and we saw that when he submitted the younger Nurmagomedov brother. So No. Cousin. Cousin? What, I mean, uh, yeah. What's the difference? Are you sure it's a cousin? Every single you one. You can date your cousin and get away with it. You can't date your sister. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your official stance is you can date your cousin. And yeah, I mean, in some places you, you definitely can. And that's what happens when you grow up in Indiana. Jacob, since you're just spewing nonsense, why don't you go ahead and give us your pick? I agree that these uh, odds are kind of crazy. I, I think that David's a better overall fighter. You, you kind of nailed it too about Alex Moreno. His highlights are as good as anyone. When you when you watch just a highlight tape of Alex Moreno, you're like, holy cow, this is this guy is incredible. And then you see him lose sometimes. You're like, what the hell is this guy doing? A lot of times when he strikes, there's a lot. I when I listen to the commentators, a lot of times in fights, they get mad at fighters for not extending their combos, right? Throwing a one-two and then come with a three behind it, whatever. It seems like Alex Moreno extends his combos way too much. That dude just keeps throwing punches, and that's how he gets caught a lot of times. I do have a question. I, I don't know if you guys know. I think, Angela, you'll like this nickname because you like him. Um, Alex Moreno's original nickname before they changed it for whatever reason was Baby Fedor um, for whatever reasons. I, I don't know if he looks like Fedor, but yeah. Um, but he's actually – my question to you guys is he's a second-degree black belt, and I have no idea, so I'm just going to ask why you guys are here. What's How hard is it from to go from a first degree to a second degree? Is that – is that a big deal or not a big deal or what's with, what's the deal with that? A lot of it's time. Yeah. And, I mean, skills obviously, but time, you know, if you get, if you get your black belt pretty young, keep training as a black belt, you're going to keep improving. You'll get your so second is it, degree. So is it like kind of the same difference from moving from a brown to a black no. and then from a first degree to a second degree? I think brown to black is much harder than first degree black to second degree black. You agree, Dan, or no? Uh, I don't know. I never got my second degree. Um, Not yet. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you your second degree after you submit, Angelo. <laughs> I'm going to put it over here. <laughs> I'm not even a black belt. I never really trained with the gi. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, once you're a black dude, there's so many different levels of black belts. Like it, it you know, it's like, it's you like, got Ryan, you got McKenzie Dern, Ryan Hall, and then the rest. I agree. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, I, that, we're a little off topic here, but I like David. I and can't you put Ryan Hall on or anybody. Huh? No, McKenzie. That is Dern. surprising. Yeah, Mackenzie Dern is the Francis Naganu of grappling. That's I've said that from day one. She's un, she's unreal. But I mean, Ryan Hall's close. I mean, he's very close. But I, I like David in this matchup. I think he's more technical, um, and he's in my DraftKings lineup because I, I love that seventy five hundred uh, uh, value. Because I just think Alex can get a little bit more, a little wild, and I think David catches him. So that's why I like David in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think this is almost a pick and fight. I actually have Morono. Morono's my pick. I think he's. You know, he, he is riding that win. Hopefully, he'll be a little more uh, – I don't even know what to have fewer brain farts, I guess, because he has all the tools. It's just if he puts them together. Uh, and I think if it's just pure striking, he wins. If it's pure grappling, I think he can avoid the, the Zawada Hail Mary submission. So, I think Morono's the pick. Danny Boy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know me. I'm, I'm, I'm riding with ATT. Uh, I got David Zawada, but – I mean, putting all that aside and the biases, I, I think he's just a little bit better of a fighter everywhere. I think Morono, like we said, the guy can show up and look like an absolute killer. Um, you know, he did that in his last fight against Cerrone. There's cases to be made that Donald Cerrone is not the same fighter that he was. Um, but nonetheless, he's looked good in some fights, and then he's looked not so good in other fights. David Zawada... Um, is training at American Top Team, so you know he's getting better. You know he's got good training partners, consistent coaching. I mean, that's that goes a long way in MMA. And, and Morono, I believe, is at Fortis MMA, which I feel like they're spotty. You know what I mean? They're like they very were, spotty. And, that, and, and, just a, and just a quick note on that: that's a he goes up there for training camps, but he's not there all the time. He has his own training camp or gym that he runs himself in Houston, I think. So he only comes up for the you know a couple months before the fights. Right. So like that's, I mean, to each his own and maybe that's working for him. But um, when you're at a full-time camp getting good, you know, looks with killers every day, you're only going to get better. So um, I think even beside that, Zawada is, is slightly better everywhere. I think he's a, a, a bigger, the bigger of the two fighters, I believe. Um, and the main thing is, is like they both have losses and so-so recent records, but Zawada's fought and fought close against some pretty tough competition. You know, he lost a split decision to Ramazan Mamiv. He beat uh, their Nurmagomedov brother-cousin. And he had an absolute battle with uh, Jinglang Li. So, and you know, he ate that liver kick at the end. But, I mean, the fights he lost were either split decisions or absolute battles against tough opponents. And he beat somebody pretty good, too. So, um, I like Zawada for... Uh, all those reasons, training camp, tougher competition, and just kind of being, you know, slightly better fighter. Uh, definitely like him at the 7,500 odds. And I've already got a bet on him in at plus 155. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of my pick. I, it's not, you know, I, like I said, I think this is much, much closer than these odds are. I think this is closer to a pick em. Um, your breakdown definitely pushed me. So <laughs> I'll stick with Morono. I'm not going to change my pick, but, uh, but it's, it's definitely a close fight. The Monkey Knife fight line, I absolutely hate splitting. But 84 seems high and 59 seems a little low. So I, I, it's either less more or less less if you think there's a stoppage. But uh, what do you think of the line, Jacob? 
Yeah, I probably I like the less more. That's a, it's you never really like to do that uh, for whatever reason, but it feels like the less more is is the play in this one. Yeah, Danny boy. Mm, I hate the less more too, but I don't know. I could see that happening. I could also see more and more over the course of three rounds if they just trade a bunch and you know they're both tough so i could see them both not getting finished um i'll go with more and more but i could see both ways yeah yeah it's a that's a tough line that's one that i'll probably wait to see what happens to it over the course of the week next up at ufc vegas 36 we have the co-main event of the evening we have tom aspinall versus sergey spivak tom aspinall 10 and 2 overall 5 and 0 in his last five, Sergey Spigak, 13 and two overall, four and one in his last five. Tom Aspinall, a very, very, very good striker. If you remember our breakdown last time, we talked about how he is training with Tyson Fury and getting rounds in at that high a level um, boxer, which is only a good thing. And he's a jujitsu black belt. And if you remember last time, Dan got rich as hell. Didn't you have a second round submission prop bet or something absurd? Or was it just submission? I don't think I picked second round. I think I threw the submission prop in there. It was like Uh, plus 675 or something crazy. So Danny Boy was on to the black belt. Your exact words were, I think I heard he has a black belt. So you hammered that and you hit that. Tom Aspinall showed off his grappling prowess last fight when he submitted Andre Orlovsky. It's a cute bet. It was cute. It was a cute one. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not the bets I had. I mean, it's not the bets I had. I don't see you wearing a chain, but, you know, it's cute. Is that actually foil? It's tinfoil. Absolutely. Do you, see, heavy Dan, do you see these diamonds dancing, Dan? For a heavyweight, Tom Aspinall has very, very ha- uh, fast hand speed. He has good defense and a diverse attack style. He also mixes in his kicks really well. So, very good boxer who trains with world champion boxers. Black belt in jiu-jitsu, and we've seen him use that. Tom Aspinall, this is a heavy mountain to climb, which is why he's almost a three-to-one favorite. Sergey Spivak, also a streaking heavyweight right now. He's a decent striker uh, who can be dangerous on the ground. We watched him absolutely dismantle Jared Vandera, but then I felt like he struggled with Alexi Olenek and that was a fight against like a 59-year-old that he absolutely should have steamrolled and did not. He's a very capable fighter, but I think Aspinall striking will probably be a little too much for him. So he needs to get it to the ground to win. Obviously, Aspinall, a jiu-jitsu black belt, but jiu-jitsu off of your back in the heavyweight division is very, very different than other positions. Jacob, what are your thoughts here? Listen, Sergey's got one way to win this fight. Just one. He's not going to win striking. He's not going to win a grappling. Um, as far as the jiu-jitsu goes, he has to win with wrestling. And I have a, the only thing in my notes for both fighters is position over submission. Sergey's got to get this fight to the ground, and he has to just keep positions. If he starts trying to work submissions, Aspinall's going to reverse those positions and probably submit him or get on full mount, do something crazy. He's just got to try to – honestly, he's got to get this fight to the ground just stay in half guard and just hold him there and just and just hope and pray that he can keep Tom on the ground. I think that's the only way I see him winning this fight, honestly. Um, I don't see him winning striking. I don't see him winning in a pure jiu-jitsu you know, match. So uh, I like Tom Aspinall in this matchup. He didn't quite make it in my lineup because there is that possibility that he gets kind of outworked uh, with the wrestling. Because Sergey is a very good wrestler. Um, 
but you know Tom should win this matchup. So um, that's the only thing I would say is his position over submission, Mister Sergey. I uh, you are surprisingly on point. I agree with that word for word. Before I go to you, Dan, what I will say is the betting line is only one and a half rounds. I totally understand why it's one and a half rounds. I mean, Tom Aspinall is an absolute killer. I think Spivak is tough enough to survive one and a half rounds. And like Jacob said, if he mixes in the wrestling, he can win this fight just by hanging out on top. And I and I mentioned in my piece that, yeah, Aspinall is a black belt, but jujitsu off your back in the heavyweight division is very different than on top or in scrambles. I, I uh, already bet the over on the one and a half at weonpicks.com slash bets. Danny boy, what are your thoughts with the pick? This is a fight that annoys me because I have not been high on Sergey Spivak. I think I lost, you know, we made that Bandera bet where we lost. I mean, and, and he showed up and he's won a bunch of fights. You know, like you said, he hasn't looked great against some fights. So I feel like this is one of those fights where I'm like, Still not high on the guy at all, but, you know, at the same time, I don't know that Aspinall should be a minus 280 favorite. Like, I mean, maybe he, it's one of those fights where he could show up and look like a minus 280 favorite, but I don't know that he's shown enough to prove that yet. Um, so from a betting standpoint, I'm not touching this one, but I think I will take Aspinall and DraftKings at 9,000. I'm playing around with uh, with some things right now, but – yeah, I think the jujitsu is is a big factor if Spivak tries to take him down. Um, Spivak's wrestling, if I remember correctly from the tape, it's not traditional, uh, you know, uh, American wrestling. He's got like the judo throws and some weird stuff, but he is heavy on top when he gets there. So Jacob, your position over submission is is a fair point. Um, but I think Aspinall, if he's a legit black belt, he'll figure out ways to scramble or get up or, you know, could be live for a sub. And, and if they're on the feet striking, which Spivak, you know, a lot of times will will do for extended uh, periods of time, I think Aspinall is going to touch him up. So um, I like Aspinall for the knockout uh, capability. I think he wins the fight. I just don't love the odds and something about Spivak. Me being wrong on him a few times, I'm like, I'm almost, I almost got to stop betting against the guy. And this is, uh, we, we forgot to mention, I think, is, this is a short notice for uh, Sergey. I don't know if you mentioned that or yeah, not. Yeah, good call. Yeah, no, short notice. And, and another thing, too, I think he's an undersized heavyweight. He's like 234 and yeah, chubby. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't know. He's fast. He's got some good things going. But, again, hit or miss, it feels like. Well, I, uh, I already bet the over on rounds. I think he will survive a round and a half. The monkey knife fight line is an interesting one because you have to assume somebody with Tom's speed touching you up 48 times. Maybe you don't last that long on short notice, but I think I still like the more and more here on the monkey knife fight line. What do you think, Jacob? Oh, more and more. Danny boy. Um, less more. Less more. Two? Splits on this card for you, less more. So you think they're, you think Spivak's going to land more strikes overall? I think Spivak might get a weird scramble, get some strikes, and I think Aspinall will get up and knock him out at some point. All right, interesting. Complete guess. Literally, don't make that bet. 
It's a t- it's a t- it, it is a tough line. I mean, the line is in line with the uh, the round expectation. So I think it will go over one and a half. So I think they'll get past these strikes. Next up at UFC Vegas 36, we have the main event of the evening. We have another razor thin main event of the evening. We have Derek Brunson versus Darren Till. Derek Brunson, 22 and 7 overall, riding a four-fight win streak. Darren Till, 18, 3, and 1. And all three of those losses came in his last five. Very different trajectories right now and jacob is a giant against the top competition in the entire world jacob's a giant darren till fan so when he does his piece just factor that in Derek brunson has been a dominant wrestler as of late his striking continues to improve uh and he's mixing in his wrestling really really well uh Derek has power and if he threatens the takedowns we may get to see him mix in the power shots so if Darren Till's worried about getting taken down, Derek Brunson may be able to come up over the top as well. Um, this is a tough fight to call, but the way Derek has been fighting as of late and his confidence in his wrestling, I do have Derek winning this fight. Uh, even if he doesn't get the takedowns, I think the constant threat of the takedown will take Darren Till out of his rhythm. With that being said, Darren Till, it's a weird, it's not weird, it's it's a tricky matchup for Derek Brunson because he has really good takedown defense, and he does a really good job like baiting you into thinking you can shoot. Like, oh, here's my leg. You can shoot on it. No, it's not. Bang, hit you in the face. Uh, he has legit power. He stays composed, and he is a tough matchup for anybody that can't take him down. If Derek Brunson can't take down Darren, Darren Till, it's going to be a long night for Brunson, which or a short one, <laughs> depending on depending on those power shots that come through. Um what Darren does do really well is he controls the range. He keeps people guessing, uh, and he could potentially trick Brunson into thinking he's in takedown range when he's not, and then just constantly touching him up. This is a very, very, very close fight. Uh, my slight edge to Derek Brunson because he has been so effective with the wrestling recently. Granted, Kevin Holland isn't really a, a true test of how good Derek Brunson's wrestling is, but I do think... Mount right? No, they're not. Why? What are the values? They're flip flop. Till's the favorite. Oh yeah, all right. Sorry, the DraftKings prices are flip flop. You're 100 correct. My bad. Danny boy, you spotted the mistake. Why don't you give us your breakdown? I was looking at. It, I was like, man, I'm looking at all the reasons why I like Derek Brunson. In this, then I'm like, plus 145. I might jump on that. 8800. Wait a minute. Um, so I usually I usually put the uh, favorite on the left. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we're, we're done with those. We've had we've had plenty of those, Angelo, and they're just going to keep coming. So you know, just fix the mistake. Just fix the mistakes, man. Be better. Um, go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, no, I, I like Derek Brunson in this matchup. I mean, he's got like you said. I mean, actually, it's funny. I was actually just, don't go, Dan. Let me go ahead and go. Uh, I know. I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Darren Till, he's got to be at the top of your list above Ryan Hall and Mackenzie Dern. Keep Ryan Hall's name out of your mouth. Do your breakdown. Okay. So, anyways, Jacob, you're talking about his losses only being to the best. Since 2013, Brunson's losses are 
Yoel Romero, Robert Whitaker, Anderson Silva, Jacare, and Israel Adesanya. That's it. <laughs> That's a lot of losses. That's a lot of losses. And you want to talk about top of the competition? And by the way, he's on a four-fight win streak. He's looked great his last few fights. He's getting takedowns. He's got good game plans. His fight IQ looks better. Um, you know, he's training at Sanford. MMA now, I think he, I think that's helped him a lot. He feels like he's got a good, whatever. He's got a good, <coughs> excuse me, routine there. Um, I'm coughing. I'm sick. You're sick too, Angela. Huh? Yeah, I'm not doing well either. This is rough. Um, anyways, I thought he's fought very smart in a lot of his fights. Good patience, fight IQ. Um, he strikes when he needs to. Then he'll go in for takedowns, clinch. Bring you down, get back up, strike a little bit. So um, I could see him doing that to Darren Till. Obviously, Darren Till is a dangerous threat. But um, I mean, if you look at the Shabazian fight, a guy who was another good striker, I mean, he dominated that guy. Now, different levels of experience and all that, obviously. But um, I like Derek Brunson to fight a smart fight, get into the clinch when he needs to, get takedowns when he needs to. And if he avoids that big shot from Till, um, I could see him winning, you know, grinding out a five-round decision win here, just uh, making it ugly and, and, and just win a five-rounder. So, you know, Till, on the other hand, also very good, but I, I don't think he's – I'm just looking at who he's fought recently. I don't think he's had a matchup like this. Like, he hasn't been all that active to begin with. And, I mean – his last five fights, Stephen Thompson, Tyron Woodley, George Masvidal, Whitaker, Gastelum. I got to rewatch the Gastelum fight, but I don't I don't think there was a lot of wrestling in that, was there? No. Yeah, so I mean this, this is going to be This will be uh, Derek Brunson will be the most active wrestler and and just because that's who he is now, the most active wrestler that Darren Till has fought because Ty Tyron Woodley doesn't wrestle, so you can't count that. So right. Derek Brunson has been wrestling, and so we'll actually see how good. And Darren Till has good takedown defense from what we've seen, but I think Derek Brunson will probably be the most aggressive with his takedowns that, that he's fought. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking takedown-wise. Like, who is, he, who is he really at the show? A guy that can go five rounds, that has cardio, that can grind on you. Like, I don't know. It, it could look ugly. I, I, like, uh, I like Brunson for the odds, and I like him for uh, the 7400 bucks and a – in a five round or so. I agree. So Danny and I on Derek Brunson, Jacob, why don't you give us your very biased breakdown? Darren, I've said a hundred times and I'm going to keep saying it until everyone listens. So everyone respects Darren Till. Darren Till is the best striker in the UFC, the best striker in the UFC. He doesn't give a shit about Darren Brunson's takedowns. He's got his takedown defense. He's gonna if you watch that Izzy fight versus Derek Brunson, that's what's gonna happen. Darren Till is gonna destroy Derek Brunson when he tries to shoot. He's gonna piece him up. He's gonna put him away and then he's gonna beat Izzy for the middleweight title. Darren Till is a future champion. I've never seen him more motivated in my entire life. I, I mentioned earlier in the in the in the, in the uh in the breakdown. There's some people that are born fighters. Darren Till is a born fighter. That dude fights. He he moved to uh, Brazil as a kid because I think he got stabbed in, in, in Liverpool and had to move to like save his life from the gangs. I mean, it's crazy what this kid's been through. He's going to win this fight. He's going to dominate. 
I, I'm gonna put all sorts of money on him. He's the he's the backup lock of the week. No, he's the, he's the I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna disrespect my he is the second lock of the week, even as the favorite there until gets the job done very, very easily. The, he's gonna be a champion. And at this time next year, he's the champ. Write it down. He was knocked out by a welterweight. Best striker in the division, knocked out by a welterweight. Well, the weight cut, it was an awful weight cut. Now he's bounced back. He's been looking great. He, he and, beat, and why he did he that, that Whitaker fight, he went tit yeah. for tat with Whitaker, knocked Whitaker down. And, Whitaker looked, and Whitaker looked fantastic. And he lost a bullshit decision against oh, Robert Whitaker. I mean, that was yeah. a I mean, that was a great fight. And Darren looked great. Whitaker looked great. And we've seen Whitaker look great even after that. I think Whitaker's got a good chance to get Izzy coming up. Darren Till's the best strike in the UFC. He gets a job done. Lock of the week. Very easy. I agree well, with you there. Whitaker has looked awesome lately. Um, this oh sorry. No, I was gonna say, and Darren Till's also hilarious on social media too. So yeah, he's like and, and and let me just say that he I, I love Darren Till, and he is hilarious, but he there is nobody harder to understand than Darren Till. I th- honestly think – I don't even know Spanish. I think if he spoke Spanish, it would be easier to understand than him speaking English. I have no idea what the hell he's saying half the time. He's got the thickest accent, and there's like four people from Liverpool on this card, and they all sound the same, and you can't understand a word that they say. It's crazy. Yeah, it'll be uh, – it's, it's a razor-thin It's a razor thin fight. The only reason I'm going Brunson is because he has – of late, the wrestling, since moving to Stanford MMA, he hasn't lost yet. He's on that four-fight win streak, and that four-fight win streak directly aligns with his gym change. And that gym seems to have been reviving people's careers and doing great things with these guys, especially when they pull wrestling out of them. So my pick's Derek Brunson. Dan's pick is Derek Brunson. Jacob, and very, very high in Darren Till. The second lock of the week. Uh, all of us are going DraftKings with who we believe in. What about this monkey knife fight line? I, you know, Derek Brunson's not a high volume guy, which is why 82 scares me, but it is five rounds. Yeah. You got to go more and more. It is five rounds. If he mixes in the wrestling, like I think he will, then on top, he should do little pepper shots and, and uh, blow past it. And, and just a quick update here with the, the Whitaker fight. Whitaker, obviously, he's not the wrestler Brunson is, but he was 2 of 13 on takedowns versus Darren Till. So, he's, I mean, got good take, yeah, he's got good takedown defense for sure. He's not, he's not, he's gonna be wor- he's not going to be worried about the takedowns. He has no, he's going to have no issues what? with the takedowns. 2 of 13. No, he's, a, he's got very good takedowns. Brunson's like an ugly grind up on you, you know, slowly wear you down and get a takedown. Darren Till like, just toss him to the side. He just digs under hooks, tosses you to the side, and then KOs you. It's very easy. You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. So You're I, here, folks. That's what? our breakdown of the card. WeWantPicks.com has everything that you need. Monkey Knife Fight, full $100 deposit match with promo code WWP. Bets, full $1,000 deposit match. No promo needed. You just have to click that specific link. Join our free DraftKings League. If you win the league, we give you money. And we open the league up so that you guys can create contests too. I already saw today a bunch of people made contests. If you want to make a contest, compete against each other, go ahead. Money, no money. I don't care. Feel free. We're all community here. But the only one you will get paid out is the official one. And become a member. Like our videos. Subscribe. Do all of the above. Thank you all very, very much. We will be dropping our DraftKings videos, our betting videos, and everything else this week, probably no live stream Saturday because this fight is basically in the morning. 
The main card starts at 3 p.m. local time. Not going to happen with the live stream, but thank you all for the watch. Subscribe, like everything, and we will see you the rest of this week.